Beloved Church of God, beginning our diviner service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope, that the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege that we have to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, stagnancy, selfishness, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkadi into your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness. We are continuing to be immersed into this precious gift that the Lord has given us, the word of instruction, the word of our pastor, messenger of God and we have accepted this word as something that is precious and of course having accepted having accepted this truth this word as the preached word of God from the mouth of God we have accepted the right to set aside the former way of life of the old man and to be clothed into a new way of life. We have seen this former way of life in the deceitful lusts. We have seen how people grow decaying and how we are decaying and perishing in these corrupt lusts. We have despised this old way of life and we have rejected it. The Lord has also given us mercy to collaborate with His order, with His word, so that we can be renewed by the spirit of our mind. We have discovered joy from the action of these three verbs in our life to set aside, renew, and clothe. And we are continuing to be immersed with the purpose of affirmation in the truth and to the meaning of this third verb, to be clothed. What does it mean to be clothed? Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 through 11. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. 
My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. The Lord has revealed this righteousness and glory in our new man. We have seen the great glory of God's word. We have seen this righteousness. We have agreed to pay any necessary price that we can gain, that we can gain Christ, as Apostle Paul had said. I have rejected all things and consider all things as foolishness, so that I can gain Christ. And I consider all things as foolishness. For him I have left all things, that I can be found in him, not with my own righteousness that is from the law, but with the righteousness by God through faith in Christ Jesus. For what? So that we can know him and the power of his resurrection and partaking in his sufferings, conforming in his death so that we can achieve the resurrection of the dead. The goal of clothing into the new man and as a result in the robe of righteousness is to be clothed and show victory over death so that the promise could be fulfilled so that we can achieve the resurrection from the dead. As it is written, death, where is your sting? Hell, where is your victory? And of course, we are continuing to dwell in this word and be immersed in this truth and to pay a specific price. As it is written, and she was given to be clothed in the robes of righteousness. Righteousness. The garments of a bride, clean linen that is clean and bright. This is the righteousness of the saints of God. Remember in Proverbs, one servant was given ten talents, another five talents, another two talents, another one talent. Also given, this was treasure that was given to him. We're, we're given it, we're called to take it, and to take it we're called to collaborate, which means we are called to pay a price. We have already gone over six components of the price that we are called to pay that we can collaborate with the righteousness of God and be clothed in the garments of righteousness. And we have stopped to study the seventh component. This is to be clothed in redemption that is yielded in the observance of the Pesach of the Lord according to the statute established by God. I will remind you that the Pesach feast, even before the creation of the world, was meant by God to become the blessed fate of all of those that come to Him in whom God received the opportunity to fulfill his judgment over his enemies who had persecuted his chosen remnant. God does not do anything on earth apart from a righteous person. A righteous person, having accepted this truth, must collaborate with God and pay the price so that God could receive the opportunity to fulfill judgment over his enemies that persecute his chosen remnant. 
each detail of the yearly observance of Pesach pointed to the final deliverance from the slavery unto sin and death in the body. And in the future, it pointed to the final deliverance from the perishable body itself and from the mortal soul, which, thanks to worthy partaking to the Pesach lamb, will be clothed in imperishability and immortality. And for these treasures of the Pesach feast to become a reality in our life, Scripture imputed to us the need to fulfill ten conditions that are written in the twelfth chapter of the book of Exodus. First, this is to separate the Pesach lamb. Second, this is to remove all leaven from our home. Third, this is to anoint with the blood the doorposts and the lentils of the door. Fourth, this is to the roast the whole lamb in fire. Fifth, this is to gird ourselves with a sash. Sixth, this is to put foot or put shoes on our feet. Seventh, this is to take a staff in the hand. Eight, to eat the lamb fully, not choosing some parts and not others. Ninth, this is to eat the lamb with bitter herbs and breads. And tenth, this is to eat it in haste. In previous services, for many years now, we have already looked at ten con- nine conditions that yield how we ought to prepare ourselves to the worthy partaking of the Pesach Lamb, giving us the right to be clothed in the robe of righteousness, and how we ought to worthy partake of the Pesach Lamb himself. This is to eat the Pesach Lamb fully with bitter herbs and breads. And we turned to the final condition that Pastor many times now have talked to us, but we repeat this word for our comfort for our affirmation, for our exam. You know, the bride, before she comes to the groom, she prepares something in her, on her dress, irons it out so that she can stand before him. Beautiful, great, worthy. And we are continuing to do this. This is given to us by God. God has given this to us through His preached word that is planted, through His order, through His person, through that revelation which God has revealed. For quite some time now, and for many years we have heard this word, but today we are repeating it, we are surrounding it, we are dwelling, and we are fixing the final details because the time is near. Exodus 12:11, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. This is not some kind of trickery or not some kind of plain word, not some kind of little detail, but this is the Pesach of the Lord. This is one of the celebrations of the Lord, during which the whole male gender, the whole people were called to stand 
before the face of the Lord on that place where God would choose and where He would appoint. If people would ignore this place, this divine order, this word, this time, then they don't understand what the Pesach of the Lord is. And therefore the Lord calls all of us, looks at us, verifies us, weighs us, and gives a an appraisal. And this is the time of harvest. We are looking at the component of eating the Pesach lamb with haste, with haste, quickly. The word haste, aside from its literal meaning, to hurry, to not be late, in Hebrew it contains also the following definitions, to take the yoke upon ourselves, to carry our cross, to endure suffering, to be clothed in the mantle of a disciple, to be clothed in the armor of light, to renew our thinking, to ponder upon the law of the Most High, to be clothed in garments of righteousness, and to stand watch so that we do not distort the word of God. And this is a statute. A statute that are called to be our song in the night, in the day, going home, going to work, going to bed, getting up. We remind the statute for ourselves. This is the law of the Lord and the statute that explains this law. And if someone thinks, well, I'm following after the Lord, I'm coming to church, I acknowledge that this is the church. But if he says, and as Jesus said, whoever comes after me but does not take up his cross, and here the meaning to take up our cross is necessary. Here we have an important component. These components reveal and uncover the detail, what it means to eat in haste. If he does not do this, he cannot be my disciple, Jesus says. But we have made a decision and dedication to be disciples of the Lord. Consider this meeting. We will provide some definitions of haste. To eat the Pesach of the Lord with haste in Hebrew means to ponder upon the contents of the Pesach feast. To the Pesach of the Lord with haste means to hear the word of God in the humility and contrition of the heart. To eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to be vigilant or to stand watch of that which we ponder upon or that which we partake in through hearing the word of God. To eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to cherish the time that has been allowed in order to eat of the Pesach. Furthermore, to eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to desire and to find joy in eating of the Pesach and the subject of the desire to hear the preached word about the kingdom of heaven. So to come, to come to church, to worship. When the Lord weighs us on his scales with desire. So the desire to be weighed you remember how the prophet asks, Lord, look at me, or I will come before your countenance, and I ask you to look upon me, weigh me, test me, am I on a dangerous path? Do I coincide 
to this weight that you have defined? Do I distort the word of God? Do I violate your balance which I must carry in my essence? As the weight defines the commandments of the Lord, am I corresponding to your commandments? Take the pekas of the Lord in haste means to fulfill our salvation with reverence and trembling. Also, to eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to be strengthened by all might according to the greatness of the glory of God and all patience and long-suffering with joy. We have already looked at two purposes, the first and second one, of what it means to eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste. And I will remind you of them and we will move to study the third purpose. The first purpose of eating the Pesach of the Lord in haste in Hebrew means to ponder upon the contents of the Pesach feast, or rather, to ponder over those truths which we have fertilized ourselves with through the seed of the word that we have heard. Take a look at how much is contained in this aspect. First we remember, Proverbs 5, 1 through 2 says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For us to hear the word of God, we must have a relationship between a father and son. The father says the word, the son accepts it. Then this word is passed along from generation to generation. It is passed along from heart to heart. And the Lord gives us the opportunity to love this word. It becomes so beautiful, so precious. And we begin to again and again return to this and ponder upon it, to surround it, to surround this truth. And we are fertilized. The trust to the Father and Son allows us to accept this word in such a way that we are able to implement it in our essence. This word becomes a part of our essence. We are transformed into the image of this word. That your lips may keep knowledge, as the scripture says. When we accept the word, our lips begin to proclaim this word correctly. There are correct accents made having spoken this word and corresponds to God's standard. And of course, when we proclaim this word in this moment, there is the miracle of God that happens. We are being clothed. We are being clothed in the garments of righteousness. All of a sudden, something astonishing and wonderful happens. And it is through the word that this happens but your lips must keep knowledge of the truth. So, this truth must be kept in our heart, accepted in our heart, hidden in our heart, and proclaimed by our lips continually. This is the word of faith, and this is how faith can grow. When we have accepted this word, we keep it, and when we proclaim it, and call the inexistent as existent. The second purpose of eating the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to hear the word of God in humility and contrition of the heart. 
James 4, 6. He, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. To be contrite means to break our heart. This is the collaboration of God and man. This is the collaboration of two sides. God leads us to this, but we ourselves break our heart. It is to lead ourselves to birth. This is what was comprised in the oil that the woman had, alabaster oil that the woman used to anoint the feet of Jesus and to hurt, or rather to eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste is discipline ourselves according to the perfect will of God that yields the order of the kingdom of heaven in the heart of a person. And we had talked about a meek heart. A meek heart is a heart in which there is no envy. It is freed from this demonic manifestation. Not just a heart, but our whole essence. There is a discipline of the mind present. The discipline of our thinking, the discipline of the way in which we speak words, and thus, this, thus we resist the program. The program of the old man in our essence, the program of God in which there is humility, and we are continually humbled. We incline our heart, our thoughts, so that we can collaborate with the truth of the preached word of God. And this is the price. We are called to pay this price. The third purpose of eating the Pesach of the Lord in haste, in Hebrew means to be vigilant or to stand guard of that which we ponder or that which we eat through hearing the word of God. Because those that are raptured upon the morning star will only be those who ate the Pesach of the Lord with haste, which expresses itself in vigilance on and when we are watchful at the doors of our lips. That which we have found out, that which we have affirmed, now we are called to protect it, so that no one may take the crown. We have the crown. This is great. This give, God gives us this crown when we have accepted this word of God and have been taught to walk in it. But we are called to protect it. Proverbs 8.34 Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. You know, people might not see this crown, but spirits see it. This is a sign for the angels. It's like a veil. And this crown with which we walk, there are many contenders who would like to steal it. When we lose our crown, it didn't just fall and roll away, but somebody wants to steal it, to take it away. Scripture says, be vigilant, protect it. The gates of the wisdom of God at which we must be vigilant is the door of our thinking as well as the door of our lips. It is wonderful when we do not sin in thought, but all of us 
sin a lot in word. He who does not sin in word is perfect, who can bridle the whole body. It is the mercy of God that when we have sinned in our words, what can we do? We are able to take these words back, to call them back, to restore ourselves and to ask for forgiveness. We say, I apologize, I didn't understand this correctly, and I passed it along. I must take my words back. I did this during a pre- my previous servant, uh, during our previous service. I realized that I said the untruth to somebody, or I gave hope to some people emptily, and I had to say I apologize. I did not understand this and pass this along correctly. I take my words back. The thing is, is that after redemption. We enter into the belonging of God. We become servants of the Lord after redemption. When you have accepted this redemption, have proclaimed it, when you have accepted Christ as our Redeemer, we have been born being in the hands of devil, being in his belonging. For I was born in iniquity, it says in the Bible. But God, through his truth, Through his truth, he says, I can redeem you to purchase you out of slavery and to sin. And through acceptance of the truth of redemption, we accept the Redeemer and he pays a high and lofty price. And then this enemy can no longer contend. And so, after redemption, the door of our lips and the door of our heart are no longer our name, but the name of the mercy of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind to be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is ought to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Redemption is the full price, and we are called to trust. We must also collaborate with God. Girding our mind with the sash of truth is renewing our thinking with the spirit of our mind, so that we do not end up a poor servant who did not place the silver of his master into circulation. And it was necessary for him to entrust himself or to present this redemption in the subject of himself first to the Lord and then to the apostles according to the will of God. He did not present this. And of course, this is a foolish servant who is going to be uh, thrown into, out into darkness. We are called to renew our thinking. Renewal of thinking expressed in the ability to ponder upon that which we eat through hearing the preached word about the kingdom of heaven is the element of haste. In scripture there are many images that symbolize, that symbolize rapture upon the morning star which is going to be the result that defines eating of the Pesach of the Lord in haste. For example, Genesis chapter 24 verses 63 through 66. This is one of the images which our pastor had given us. 
поле поразмыслить. И возвел очи свои и увидел, вот идут верблюды. Isaac looked and saw the camels. Rebecca lifted her eyes, so when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. For she said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that she had done. So before this, she moved in the camel. Camel, when she saw that Isaac was nearby, she I was dismounted from her camel. This is an image of a person who no longer relies on the gift of the Holy Spirit when walking before God. He goes out to meet the bridegroom so that he can make him his protector. This event is the unique image of the meeting of the Son of God as groom with his bride. And this meeting place occurred in the field at night when Isaac was pondering. The veil that we are referring to here during the times of Isaac and Rebekah, it was not a religious necessity as is often required or many consider today. But it is simply the adornments that a bride would wear tied to the culture of that time. Whereas... The adornments of the Bride of the Lamb is the fruit of her spirit expressed in obedience or acknowledgement over herself of the delegated authority of God. Therefore, according to the veil, the angels will find out the crown. They have a crown on the head. The angels will find out who to demonstrate obedience to. This kind of fruit of obedience in scripture is called the fruit of meekness, expressing itself in noble in the noble dignity of humility. A man of God who has grown in himself this kind of fruit, this doesn't happen in the blink of an eye. This is fruit. This occurs through the process of sowing and reaping. For this it is necessary to have time. Therefore, when the foolish virgins come and say, Give us some of your oil. Well, how can we give oil? How can we give humility? How can we give meekness? It doesn't happen just like that. There is a time. A time in the law of sowing and harvest. And this kind of obedience includes an element of haste expressed in pondering upon the commands of God that are related to the perfect will of God. For Rebecca, this kind of pondering was expressed in the fact that she left her house, her nation, and as a bride, she followed after Abraham to meet Isaac, and she had uh, prepared herself to do so. This veil of Rebecca was her haste, expressed in obedience and meeting of the requirements that yield the dignity of Isaac, and this kind of haste was poured out in meditation in which she made the decision to coincide to Isaac and take a look at how long she thought. She didn't think for a month, two, or three. In her heart, she had heard right away that she needs to agree. When the servant of Abraham said, 
Do not withhold. Will the girl go with me? Yes, she will go, he says right away. This was a great wonder, a miracle. Isaac, in this case, is an image of Jesus Christ who dwells with the Father in heaven. And in order to receive a revelation from the Father that allows him to rapture his bride from the earth in the limits of the fourth dimension or the third heaven, he will need to, like Isaac, go out into the field to ponder or to carry out the prayer of an intercessor. Matthew 13, verses 38-43. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of the kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. Then in this moment there will be a wailing and gnashing of teeth, and the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There will be renewal, or we will be clothed in the, in the redemption of Christ. For us, to sow the seed in peace means to be vigilant and pondering so that we do not distort or rather to not violate in our heart the Pesach feast. We must always check ourselves how closely we coincide with the word of God. And someone may ask, or some foolish one may ask, well, why don't you talk, aren't you talking about, why aren't you talking about the written word of God? Well, the written word of God, we can't understand correctly on our own. We can't give it in a correct appraisal. Because all people, each person gives his own appraisal. But the preached word has a staff, an exact measurement. And when it is, comes from the lips of the chosen one of God, then it represents the correct, the correct appraisal. For Jesus, mutual partaking of the Pesach lamb with haste with his disciples, in which he ate of his death, was viewed by Scripture as the preparation of oneself to eating with his disciples in his resurrection. He hurried and he said to Judah, That which you are doing, do it quickly. And he says, How I am hurrying for this to occur. I want this to happen quickly. And saints waiting for their groom and dwelling in the Pesach feast, they also are in this longing for this to occur. And Apostle Paul has said that we being in this body as foreigners temporarily we are waiting we are longing and waiting 
till this happens, the redemption of our body. We strive to this day. In scripture, there are many things that point to this day, and we sing, in that day, in that day. In that day, Jesus says, you will not ask me of anything. You will know of all, and you will shine in his kingdom. And this idea is illustrated well in the Proverbs and Revelations of Jesus Christ. He says, Revelation 3.1, Behold, I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. I am hurrying. I am longing, and therefore I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown, it is written. To hold fast or to keep what we have in the dignity of our crown of righteousness is possible only under one, only in one way through eating the Pesach of the Lamb with haste. The element of haste is the inheritance of resurrection, which we proclaim in the death of the Lord Jesus. Hold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22, 7. This was what we had just reviewed, the third purpose of this element of haste. And we will move on to the fourth one. The fourth purpose of eating of the Pesach of the Lord in haste in Hebrew means to cherish the time that has been allowed to partake in Pesach or the time that has been allowed for accepting in our heart the seed of the Word of God because all things in this world God for all things God has measured a specific time that is tied to sowing and harvest and communicating with saints and having fellowship I had seen certain uh, misunderstandings pastor had given us this instruction pastor Daniel explaining to us and chewing this word and helping us he says we need to act toward it behave toward it in such a way that if we are undergoing some kind of affliction or trial we ought to sow in this moment It is important to check and observe how we are prepared for this. When we are faced with affliction, do we act, behave toward it like we are sowing or like we are producing harvest? When we are sowing, we ask, Lord, what would you like to teach me in this moment? But when we are treating this as harvest, we ask, Lord, for what? Why did this happen? For what? What did I do incorrectly? Therefore, we must act toward afflictions as an opportunity to sow. And when we say something right now, we are sowing. These are words. This is the seed. Therefore, someone said to me, and they say, well, we are already coming close to harvest, and everything then starts at the very beginning. Right now, we are uh, uh, reaping again, and... It's going to take us a long time for us to, or rather we are sowing right now, and it's going to take us a long time for us to finally be able to reap. But we have patience, because patience will lead us to victory. Therefore, we are continuing to reap and sow. Each day, each word, each thought that we have, each action, our reaction to certain circumstances, this is sowing. If we look correctly to that which is happening, 
when we look at the invisible, then we are sowing in the Spirit, and we will reap great glory, knowing that the burden in Christ is light, and it will produce eternal glory when we look not at the visible, but the invisible. For the visible is temporary, temporary, but the invisible is eternal. There occurs sowing daily. Therefore, we should not doubt that we are sowing. We are sowing and we are able to gather great treasures. Each day that we live for God, A million years lived well on earth cannot compare to a day that is quickly lived before God. For one day in your courts, or rather in the order of God, under the courts we are looking at the order of God. When a person separates himself from unity and faith, when he is not courageous, when he looks at the visible, This is incorrect. But we are called to look at the invisible, and this one day is better than a thousand. It doesn't matter how long a person has lived. He has lived. He has lived it outside of the order of God. Then this is time that is simply wasted, and we will read about this right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. This expression means that God speaks to the heart of a person, not always, but only in the time that has been established by Him and not us. Job 33, 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. God may speak in a way that we don't perceive it. There is a noise. There are those that love loud music. They drive, and the majority of the cars around them are suffering from this. You look at the car next to you, and his windows are shaking. How can hear he? How can this kind of person hear anything that comes from God? And when a person lives according to the flesh, he has this boombox in his head, and he can't hear anything. If God has spoken, he can't hear it because he lives according to the flesh, he thinks according to the flesh. But God is merciful. It could it could be that a person doesn't perceive it, but in another moment, he may say it again, and sometimes he stops. And so to eat the Pesach of uh, the Lord in haste means to be attentive to hearing the word of God. Second, to be attentive to who is speaking this word of God. And third, to be attentive to how we are fulfilling the word of God. So, to eat the Pesach of the Lamb in haste is whatever we may do in word or deed to do it all in its time. We have talked about how time is the great treasure and mystery of God. And depending on our relationship to the mystery of time, it can turn for us and become for us either a blessing or a curse. Either the gain of resurrection or the gain of condemnation. Because haste upon partaking of the Pesach of the Lord, I will remind certain definitions given by Pastor Arkady of the purpose of the mystery of time as well as our relationship 
to its unearthly status. Time is a kind of mystery, the beginning of which is found in the name of God Alpha and the end in the name of God Omega. If anyone has paid attention, today we sang a song. Brother Alexander sang, our saints sang, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. This is tied to time. Says, I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. And we can penetrate into this personified mystery only through our haste partaking of the Pesach Lamb expressed in our desire. Revelation 21, 6-7 And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I think all of us remember Alpha and Omega. These are two letters of the Greek alphabet. It's the first letter and the last letter. Time is a discipline of the Spirit, which is necessary to understand and study in the face of God, and which we must look into all of our life. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the first word, when God had spoken and expressed this word, time had begun. And the period will be behind God, beginning and the end. We must always remember who created time and for what purpose it is created, who we are, where we have come from, why we have come, what we must do, and what waits for us there where we go. We are striving to somewhere. Next, time is the small island in the ocean of eternity or the city of eternity that is found in time in which is contained our past, present, and future. And when the seed dies, it brings the fruit of eternity. And depending on relationship to the seed of time that is expressed in the tripartite dimension of the past, present, and future expressed in the great works of God will be grown either the fruit of the resurrection of life or the fruit of the resurrection of condemnation. There are some people who don't want one or the other. They search for a kind of golden middle, but there is no golden middle. There is the fruit of resurrection to life and the fruit of resurrection of condemnation. And the righteous will go into eternity and the evil to the resurrection of condemnation. John chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. 
and come forth. When we are not born again, then we are found in these graves. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. John chapter 5, verses 28 through 29. People come to God to inherit. They rise up from these graves and they, having risen, will inherit life and others will inherit eternal darkness. And this is very unfortunate. Next. Time is the order of eternity in the boundaries of which we are called to dwell and the order of which we are called to observe. In this order of time is the order of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 16 verses 18 through 19. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So a person has bound it on earth, and then time came to an end, but now it's impossible to loose, because that which is bound in time now then can't be loosed. If you remember the rich man, he was found in eternal torment. He was compassionate. He was in torment there. This was the son of Abraham. This is the person that knew Abraham. Who tried to believe, tried to serve God but ended up in this torment. And he says, okay, fine, I have ended up here, but send one of your servants so that they are not in this place of torment. He says, I have sent a messenger he, they have pro prophets and the prophetic word. And if there's someone from the dead that is sent, they will not accept. For Christ raised from the dead. He came and they did not believe. They had preferred instead the one We continually hear that there is a truth that is present here, that people that are sent by God, those whom He has empowered to forgive sin and to retain sin, they do this. First, this is going to be bound in heaven. God gives revelation to a person and He bounds it on the earth. Then, and if we previously had read, we must look at the Word of God and those who speak this Word of God and if this person who is sent by God speaks something negatively of me, I must repent and I must say, what shall I do so that this word could be, could be removed? The time is the commandment that is necessary to observe with which 
we must be close with and before which we must tremble. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 5 through 6. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. Now wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment because for every matter there is a time and judgment that the misery of man increases greatly. To observe the commandment, it is necessary to have an instruction, and this kind of instruction is the statute about how to eat the Pesach in haste. And a person who has found out, he says, I have come to this service, and God spoke to my heart. I had responded to it, and I had then rose for God. He found out the time and truth. And he says, then what do I do? What shall I do? Not just let me think about it, let me ponder upon this, but the person who says, what will you tell us to do? What will you tell me to do? Because when God was revealed to people, or those that were sanctified and had become holy, and they are affirmed in Scripture as the saints, the people of God, they say, what will you command for me to do? Time is the law of sowing and harvest, which we must look at with fear, knowing that the so that we have been redeemed by the vain life passed on from our fathers by the precious blood of Christ as the blameless and pure Lamb. First Peter chapter one verses seventeen through nineteen. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Next, time is the unique and opportunity that is not repeated to either inherit curse or blessing and immortality. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Chance is also translated to the word statute, not by time and chance happen to them all. So for this, there is a certain statute that separates a person and makes him a son of either curse or a son of blessing. Time is the doctor that heals the wounds of the heart with instructions which must be followed. So we must correctly Proclaim, I forgive this person in the name of Jesus Christ. Do not wait. Perhaps this will happen itself. This wound will heal itself. No, time will work when we are obedient and when we say, I forgive this person. Or if this is the son of curse, we must say, May the Lord give to you according to your works. May the Lord judge you. Time is the master that places all things and people in its places. Ecclesiastes 9.12 For man also does not know his time, like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Right now, the time that is coming, the time is coming near when saints are going to be clothed in the resurrection of Christ. 
but none are all are ready for this and this is astonishing and this is going to be a difficult time for certain people time is the supreme judge that is necessary to honor with which we cannot argue jeremiah 46 17 they cried there pharaoh king of egypt is but a noise he has passed by the appointed time before this he was on the heights everything was in his control and then all of a sudden he was dismayed he missed out on the time that was established appointed for him can we hurry time of course when we recognize that we have let go of something we cry out to God and God stops the Sun over us and begins this can happen when we are in the church when we hear the preached Word of God and all of a sudden we call out to God and we say Lord I missed out forgive me if I were to go through this moment of life right now I would do it differently at this time the Sun stops and God allows us to demonstrate victory and to grow quickly in victory when we were communicating with or having fellowship with pastor some time ago we had talked about and had asked well if you see a person he has not yet grown God says or rather pastor provided a place of scripture who heard that the people were born in one day Zion all of a sudden they were hit with birth pangs and then had given birth to sons and daughters he says do not be worried if a person loves God he will have enough time he will have enough time to grow and come to the fullness before God time fulfills the decree of death but also fulfills the decree of eternal life Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 7 even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times and the turtle dove the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming my people do not know the judgment of the Lord so if the stork if the turtle dove the swift if they do not go together with the flock there is the order of God that is present we see these birds flying together in such great order and if they do not go to the warm land then when winter comes they will die and they will perish however beautiful this bird may be therefore the time flies to a certain place right now this place that is found under the wings of God the time where a person will be comforted from his works and is going to do the works of God and will fulfill the will of God and will fulfill good works and if he does not arrive in this time then the winter comes on this earth the time of great affliction and if he outlives this praise God but it will be very difficult to outlive it time is the teacher the discipliner and the guide from eternal death to eternal life revelation chapter 14 verse 13 then i heard a voice from heaven saying to me write blessed are the dead who die in the lord from now on yes says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works 
follow them. Time is the reward of eternity for the works and labor that has been done that have been done throughout life. Psalms 1, 3 Of the righteous it is said, Someone who knows the time of the Lord, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. When Jesus had passed one time and he wanted to eat, and he looked at the fig tree and there was one leaf he didn't find fruit he checked all of it there was no fruit and he was hungry and he cursed this fig tree and he said let no one no one eat of any fruit from you and scripture says for it was not the time for the offering of the fruit the fig tree thought that this was not the time the holy man of God says, well, I will have time later on, but for now I'll live my own life, I'll do my own things, he thinks, and he thinks that time has not yet come. Ta- the time is here when we hear the word of God. This is the time to which God calls us to. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Time is the justifiable retribution for both faithfulness as well as unfaithfulness. Hebrews 4.1 Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. There was a time, and some people uh, who did not understand this time, did not cherish this time, did not tremble, did not understand it, they could not find out the, the significance of this time. Who appoints time? He placed the light in the sky and he appointed the years, the days, the months, the hours. He appointed the stars of the heaven, his great luminaries. He appoints his people and the nation of God who also appoint the time. Listening to one sermon of pastor, I paid attention how in his this sermon he said very quickly, very soon. I took a look and I thought, let me listen to the sermon ten times. And how many times did he say this? Seven different times. He said, coming quickly, very soon, we are near. The time is near. The time is appointed. We are found very close to it. I thought, if in one sermon he mentions seven times that we are close at the doors, then you can argue with this. Everything is clear. We are very, very close. Time is the opportunity allowing for a person to search for God and to call upon Him when He is near. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. How should we define the time when God is near and the time in which we can find God? The answer to this question is found in the heart of a person and in the lips of a person under the condition that His heart and His lips are one command and are found on as one team. 
Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. But what does Scripture say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach, which the messengers of God preach. This is not what we read, but this that which is preached to us, the preached word. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Next, time is the opportunity to allow God to search for a person in the garden of the Eden of his heart during the coolness of day. Genesis 3, 8, 3, 11. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? This voice in the Eden of our heart is our good conscience, that is, the watchman of God and the voice of God. The time of the coolness of day is a time when God favors and is inclined to a person who has encroached on what is holy unto the Lord. This is a rare time when a person has encroached upon what is holy unto the Lord, but God still has favor over him. And this person came to fear of what was done, because of which he lost boldness to uh, fellowship with God, and he recognized this. This is the time of the coolness of day. All of a sudden he begins to hear and understand the voice of God when he knocks at his door. We ought to then, at that point, fix something. Time is the opportunity and weapon that is called to work with us as the children of God if our words are going to be spoken with grace and seasoned with salt. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming and using the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. To use is to use the moment of time so that time could work to our advantage and to use and utilize all opportunity, to be ready to use the opportunity when this opportunity will be allowed. Grace is favor, thanksgiving, wisdom, compassion. So God is going with, it, with grace means that God is going to give this perhaps this may one time come from someone who we do not expect it but it, during this time there is favor that is opened and it is this grace that is in the heart of a person Salt is obedience to the word. And this salt must be in the inner state that comes from the state of our heart. There must be this union in our heart. 
time is the gift of God which we must thank Him for and which we must cherish. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. To cherish the time is to act toward the past, present, and future as a treasure, to purchase it, and to wisely use every opportunity and time. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. John 12, 19. Thus, time is the law and order of eternity, which on the scales of God's justice measures the centuries, years, months, days, hours, minutes, seconds, and all of all the things that happen on the earth. Time is the opportunity given to us by God to uh, edify ourselves in faith and keeping ourselves in the love of God, waiting for mercy from God for e eternal life. Jude chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they told you that they would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own godly lusts. These are those who not have the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinguish, distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So garments that are defiled by fleshly behavior, and it carries a defilement in it. Last times, or the end times, is the final requirement of eating the Pesach of the Lord with haste that is yielded in keeping love, which does not uphold those that act according to the whims of their own lusts. And it has mercy over those who repent in their sins. Those who do not repent in their sins, there is a very short amount of time of mercy, and then it, it, it comes to an end, and then anger will be poured out. Time is the opportunity given to us by God to put our salvation to circulation in the equivalent of silver, which yields the price of divine redemption, which is contained in the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ. This Proverbs is in Matthew 25, 13-25. We will read it. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. And he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money. After a long time the lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Why did he dig in the ground and bury his one talent. These five and two, they had given their silver, placing it into circulation, but this one with one talent did not. And I, like a businessman, are always, always encounter upon uh, selling something. Uh, there must be an investment that is made. And there are people that are afraid to do this investment, and I, for one time, was afraid, but then I understood 
that perhaps there might not be bad dividends and that I should still try. But we must, we must learn where we place our money and to trust that investment or there where we invest this money. The one that is a traitor. God then allows some time to pass, and then the time, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. We become servants when He purchases us. We were servants of sin, then we become servants of, of God. Pastor had said that we can't be fully free from slavery. We're either slaves unto righteousness or slaves unto lawlessness. There is no other, other middle ground. You had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who had two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he had received one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Now I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. He did not trust. His Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The time of circulation that is yielded by the end of a long time, this is the time of the Lord's visiting or the time of harvest, when a person finishes his building and in hope he waits to receive the reward that is the joy of the Lord. This is seen from one of the words of the, of the, of the Master. He says, Good and faithful servant, you were faithful in little, and I will place you over, over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Receive your reward, he says. It is according to the presence of unblemished joy that we should judge of the result of the fact that we are partaking of the basic of the Lord with taste. Our blemish and joy is mixing that which is perishable which is that with, with that which is imperishable. And this kind of mixing is the result of, um, of laziness. And the result of this kind of union, the conscience of a person is dimmed and he begins to view the requirements of God in the face of his messengers as illegitimate. He doesn't like it. He says, I knew you to be, uh, to sow or to reap where you have not sown. He begins to act as Cain and as an older son who due to his envy to his younger brother, he did not want to enter into the joy of his father. And therefore, the death or the perdition of Cain we see present here in this parable. Amen. We will pray and we will rejoice that the Lord has revealed to us how to eat the Pesach of the Lord with haste. And we will thank God and rejoice before His face. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunity
the opportunity to pee in this place according to your mercy to your servants, to use the time to hurry to perfection, because we hurry to meet with you. We today in this place, we have hurried, hurried into the house of prayer so that we can hear your word. that we can hear your truth, to remember your words, be comforted by your statutes, rejoice in the fact that you are watering us with your water out of your sources. We are going to drink this water from the source of salvation and rejoice before you being satisfied with your peace, your grace. Be rejoiced with communication in one, with one another in your truth, in your word, in your order. Singing in our hearts to the Lord. We thank you that you are leading us to your glorified day. That you have clothed us with the ro- clothes and garments of salvation, the robe of righteousness, and you allow us to bring fruit, fruit which you wait from the earth. We pray to you about this day so that you can show your righteousness and your glory before all the people, before all the saved nations, that you can reveal and glorify your holy, mighty, glorified name. Let your kingdom come let the earth be trembled and your kingdom come. May your judgments be revealed. And may they be a comfort for your saints who have come and have held on to this hope so that they can observe the basic of the Lord with haste. We thank you for your statutes, for the fact that you have uncovered for us the mystery of your word and the truth of the preached word through your messenger that we can be filled with your words, your words that are precious to us. We have accepted this as your precious word. We have accepted this as a great riches, as a great comfort, as great hope. We have kept in our heart that we can be unblemished for you, pleasing to you, filled with your holiness, filled with your fear, filled with your goodness, and balancing this fruit of the Spirit, which reveals itself you continue to show us and teach us so that we are able to, to show your truth in our hearts and to present your word as not distorted in our hearts. We thank you that you lead us to the waters, the quiet and still waters, and your staff and your rod, they comfort us. We will rejoice and worship before your countenance, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our debtors as we for forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and we will conclude our service with our manifestation now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with unblemished joy to god our savior who alone is wise, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.